This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Kristen Brake and Nick Eilert talk about abstinence until marriage. What do we say with our bodies if couples engage in the marital act before marriage? What does a couple say in the sacrament of marriage that makes a difference? Well, let's find out. Kristen and Nick are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, George Toman. I have Nick Eilert and Kristen Brake with me. So Nick graduated from K-State with a degree in business. A little over a year ago, he moved to Hayes to work as an assistant manager at Dillon's. Kristen Brake is an alumna of Fort Hayes State University with a degree in chemistry. She is the assistant director of Divine Mercy Radio and has been in this position for a year and a half. Nick and Kristen met shortly after Nick moved to Hayes and are now engaged to be married later this year, and they are here to share their stories. So, hi guys. Hi. Good to have you here. All right. So, let's start from the beginning. How did the two of you meet? You mean the first time or the second time? Technically, um, we the first time we met, um, Nick doesn't actually remember, because I met him when Carly and I went up to go visit a whole bunch of our seminarian friends up at Conception. So I met him when he was up as, as a seminarian at Conception, Missouri, but he has no recollection of that. So that's why we joke the first time or the second time. I guess maybe I was just a little bit more memorable <laughs> or a little bit crazier. I don't know. But uh, um, so then when I moved to Hayes was the next time that we met. It was um, shortly after uh, a daily mass. Um, I'd walked out and I'd, I'd heard mention of Kristen Bragg just because uh, Father Ryan mentioned her when I had asked if there's any single girls in Hayes. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I'm walking out of church and, and I'm uh, thinking I'm going to talk to Father Ryan. And then all of a sudden I hear someone say, hi, Nick. And I'm like, who knows my name? Who, who is here? And I look and I'm like, I don't recognize this person at all. And it was Kristen. And uh, then she told me the, the first time that we had met, and then uh, I guess the rest was history. Um, okay, so real quick on that first meeting, I'm just I'm just curious. Did you ever did anything spark there at all in that first that very first one? Yeah, did anything ever? Well, we ended up just sitting around and or standing outside of the the chapel and talked for like two hours. Like it was just we instantly had a really really good conversation. It wasn't. I mean, I had been forewarned that Nick was moving to Hayes by Carly, and she was like, you need to be friends with him because he's not going to know anyone. And so, honestly, I wasn't expecting anything to happen. I really didn't have the the inkling that anything would happen, to be sure. completely honest. So, I, it was just a good conversation for, like, the two, first two hours. So, I mean, I don't know, just a good connection right away, I think. How did the early stages of friendship lead to your courtship? And for the sake of those who don't know the difference between friendship, dating, and court, courtship, let's go ahead and define those terms because um, particularly in the Catholic realm, especially in recent times, we do have a little better definition than than maybe some others. So I'll let you two go at it. Yeah. Um, so I guess to start with, some of the, I mean, to kind of dis- distinguish between friendship, dating, and courtship, friendship is, I guess, what you would consider just being friends you know there's not really much intention of anything more not saying it couldn't lead to more but the being friends part is just just hanging out and there's no explicit 
said, spoken intention of going on to something more. Dating, also going on dates, it's kind of synonymous, but it's also a little bit different too. So like you can go on dates without being like boyfriend and girlfriend, for instance. But then when you start dating or or like, I say dating, (laughs) but when you become boyfriend and girlfriend, like you still continue to go on dates and you just really get to know the other person and take the time and, and talk and spend time with the other person. So that way you know whether or not you want to take the next step. Um, and the next step being more or defined as like courtship. So it's the next level of like, okay, I, I know enough about this person. I really, really enjoy them. And I want to intentionally discern a vocation of marriage with them like it's either going to end in marriage or we're going to break up (laughs) as any relationship does but at the same time it's it was just like the specific like courtship of we are serious now like we're we're we're, we've been dating we've been going on dates but now we want to like truly discern whether or not we're called to marriage it actually it's kind of funny earlier um when you were asking about whether the, there was any spark yeah. like it in the beginning because kind of how it how it happened was when we were talking outside mass that first time she really caught my interest because uh, it was just a really good conversation and we connected over a lot of things and I, I appreciated her sense of humor and everything so we talked outside mass there we did that a couple more times and then we hung out a few times uh, and then COVID so our our hanging out kind of stopped for a little while, but uh, but she did reach out to me later on, and she was just in friendship, uh, just hey, how are you doing? You know, how's this COVID thing? Are you handling it? And uh, so then, you know, through that, like that caught my interest too. Like oh, you know, like as a friend, she's taking an interest in me, which you know kind of made me, you know, like her quite a bit. So we got to texting and our texts were like paragraphs long and and it was is great. So then the first real time that we hung out after that was I made steak and uh we had wine and uh it looked a lot like a date but it wasn't a date. I didn't say it was a date. So it wasn't a date. It was a meal. It was a meal. Steak yeah. with wine. Steak. That's a meal. It was a really good really good meal. Yeah. And uh but it wasn't a date. But uh, but yeah, but we uh, we hung out a few more times after that, and then I decided it was it was probably time to ask her out. So I did, and she agreed, and and our dates didn't really look like you know fancy dinners like steak and wine after that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have this backwards. But we went for walks, and we went and visited churches, uh, some she'd seen before in the area, and some that she hadn't, and and uh, so that was a great time. Then one day she asked me, she's like, okay, so what like what are we? We've been going on a couple dates. What are we? And so I, I looked at her and I'm like, you must be asking if, if we can define the relationship and (laughs) and to put it in like Sarah Swafford terms, you mentioned Jason Kristalina efforts. Sarah Swafford's got a, got, uh, got her own take on this as well. And, uh, so we had that define the relationship, uh, moment. And, uh, and I think it's really, really important to, to really have your intentions out and have them known and uh and things like that and i i was very intentionally once we started like once she was my girlfriend i was very intentionally not like actively discerning the vocation to marriage my focus like not that we weren't discerning but my focus was more on i just want to spend time with you i want to be with you Kristen, and and uh get to know you and 
really just enjoy that that time. And I think that that would be, you know, maybe the more of that dating realm that that, um, sure. that, that Kristen was mentioning. Mm-hmm. And then the courtship, there was one day that I was taking her out for a walk outside my folks' house. And so I, I told her, like, so it's part of the history of, of an older term of courtship, back when, like, people had courts and were lords and stuff, a, a gentleman caller would go into the court of the father and, and ask the father if he could take the daughter for a stroll around the court. And then they would get to know each other that way. And it was very, you know, very much, you know, the, the father had, you know, authority over how far they go and, and where they go. And it was a, you know, very, very family way of, you know, bringing, bringing that caller into the family and things like that. So it was a very serious serious thing and then then they get done you know walking and he brings her back to her father but but sarah swafford has kind of a of a more recent take on on what courting means kind of in the nowadays sense and that's really moving from that just dating to be together which is important you need that you need to you need to date just to be together but then there's that shift where it's you know we're really taking that time to to discern we're taking that time, you know, there's no ring on anybody's finger, but that's what we're, that's what we're, you know, prayerfully uh, thinking about. And it's just a matter of taking time and praying and trusting in God. Sidebar question to, for you both here. Tell me about, did you go to mass together? Did you try to pray rosaries together? What did that look like at different stage or did it look any different? Um, Yeah, it did. It did actually like develop over time. Kind of like everything has but i would say initially we wouldn't we didn't ever really do anything like prayer wise together a whole lot um except for going to we would go visit the churches and so we did we would spend a little bit of time in silence at each church together which but it wasn't like going to mass together or anything like that when we were like when we became boyfriend and girlfriend um then we would occasionally go to daily mass together and do a little bit more together over over that time probably about the time that or shortly after, like, what we would consider it, our relationship went into, like, that courtship stage, like, that more serious phase. Shortly after that is probably when we started, like, praying rosaries together and um, being, trying to be much more intentional about spending time in prayer together. So that, that, that was just kind of a few things that it kind of just developed over time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? On your uh, yeah. I mean, nowadays we, we pray the rosary every day together and and that's it's one of like the non-negotiables and uh we'll go to we'll go to daily mass when it when it works out with like my work schedule and things like that like this this week i've been blessed to have no like really early morning so i was able to catch like the early daily mass and and that's always nice when 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 we can do that together as well so during your courtship you did a fabulous job explaining between friendship you know dating courtship by the way uh, how do you develop communication with one another? And if you've had any conflicts, and if so, how'd you handle them? So kind of like three questions in one, but. Well, honestly, from the beginning, kind of like what Nick was saying, we've tried to have pretty, op- we've had to, we've tried to have open, open communication from the beginning, especially with like defining the relationship, having the intentions said, really trying to take the time to develop that op- that communication and that's something else is like communication you you develop it over over time too it's always a lifelong process and so because you're constantly learning more about the other person you're constantly learning even more about yourself and so like like something kind of a small example that we uh, that i 
I didn't know about until Nick told me about at, kind of at a later point was there was something that I would always say the phrase like, hey, you should do this or hey, you know, we should do that, you know. And the way I said it, it, it kind of sounded almost like a demand or a command. But it was really just a suggestion. But it was just a phrase that I said all the time. And so and without even realizing it, it actually kind of irritated him. And so, but he was able to like, communicate that irritation with me. And so by making me aware of it, I'm, I was more able to try and not say it as much and try to be conscious of my words. So that way I, I try to communicate better through that. So yeah, communication is just a lifelong process. It, it takes time to develop and you'll get better at it. You'll have good days and then you'll have really bad days as well when you just do not communicate well. And But the, the point is, is like to get back to that point of being able to communicate even when you have a bad day. And so I guess kind of going on to the next part of this question, have we had conflicts? I would beg to differ who hasn't had conflicts <laughs> when you put two people with different personalities and different backgrounds of how they grew up together you're bound to have some conflicts and that's that's honestly why communication is so key in everything so like something that we've I think we've done a pretty good job of we tried to do is like when we do have a conflict we try to stay calm and not just start yelling and we try to really listen truly listen to what the other person is saying and not just like come up with what you're going to retort with because that's not really communicating you want to listen to what the other person is saying and then likewise they give you the time to say what you are thinking or feeling at that point so you both have time to to say your thoughts and then if necessary you need to be able to compromise come to a middle ground sometimes it's not always that way but you know, there are times when the conflict needs to be compromised on. Or, like, not the conflict, but the solution to the conflict needs to be compromised. And just be honest. Be honest with the other person because if you lie, that's going to be ten times worse mm-hmm. than if you're just honest with the other person and and communicate well and what you're feeling. Even if it's hurtful sometimes, it's much better to be honest and hurtful than to lie and make the hurt that much worse in the long run. And so, and something that, three phrases that I, I, I honestly think that cannot be said enough within communicating um, in a relationship especially is, I'm sorry, I forgive you, and I love you. And those three phrases are key because being able to say I'm sorry shows the humility that people need in order to to, I guess, resolve conflict Mm -hmm. and to move forward. Um, And it just shows great virtue within the person as well. But yeah, so being able to say, I'm sorry when you are wrong. And then kind of vice versa, saying, I forgive you. I think saying, I forgive you, exactly those words are really, really important because I think our generation likes to say, oh, no big deal, or it's okay, instead of saying, I forgive you. And it's like... Recently, here I've, I've come to this conclusion where I'm like, no, you know, there when when someone says I'm sorry, if you don't say I forgive you and you try to like brush it off as it's no big deal or it's okay, the healing can't take place. It is essential because sometimes it is a big deal and sometimes it is not okay, and that's okay mm-hmm. because saying I forgive you is much like saying I love you. 
it's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not always, as you know, Father Fred would have that dreaded F word. It's not always about feeling because you're not always going to feel like loving the other person. You're not always going to feel like forgiving. But that's okay because you choose. You choose to say I forgive you and you choose to say I love you. And if it was solely based on feelings, I can guarantee that we would not be here. We would not be getting married because there are, there are times that I don't feel like loving as I ought to. And there are times that I don't feel like forgiving when something has wounded me deeply. But that's the choice in the matter. And that's when we need to choose to love and choose to forgive. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Nick, before I get you to add on to that, yeah, hard, hard to beat that. But I know, yeah. right? Well, a couple of things that she was saying really got me thinking. So there was this one time we, we were in the car together, and I don't, I don't even remember what she said, but we, we were chatting, and she said something that just really hit me wrong and so i like instantly retorted with some some mean comment to get back you know to get back at her and we went silent so we're sitting there and i get to thinking i'm like i messed up and so i you know it was it was really really difficult to like speak up and say that but just like i don't know it just it took a lot of humility to to really to really well that up and and be like okay actually i'm really sorry for you know saying that i shouldn't have said that and then and then she was really really quick to forgive me and and to say i forgive you and then you know we we talked about we talked about that for a little bit and then she asked me she's like why why did you say that and i was like well it's it's because i i felt upset over this and i should have just said that in the first place uh you know that that you know why did you why did you say that to me because you know that that didn't you know i didn't feel good when you said that you know kind of thing and you know rather than taking the mature route i just snapped back but uh but i i think one of our our strengths is that we're you know we're really really quick to if if something isn't going right we're quick to you know catch it and be humble and and say like okay let's backtrack let's 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 talk about this and then and then we we actually get a lot closer because we're we're honest with each other and because we are you know humble with each other and and we 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 talk about the issue and then and then we forgive each other and then it's and then it's gone and Done. i you know and then we don't even remember like what we said to each other but uh and then one more thing that i had thought about while Kristen was talking was something i always say which is frustration is a symptom of caring and uh we we joked a lot in the early parts of our relationship when other people were telling us about their arguments we were like we really haven't had an argument and i don't think we ever will you know naively (laughs) but the more we cared about each other the more it was oh yeah this can be frustrating because because we you know not everything is just go with the flow like like i i care about what's best for her and she cares about what's best for me and Sometimes we have different ideas of what that is, and that's that's all right, too. We need to take a break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. Whether you're listening via radio, computer, phone app, or on Amazon Echo, please know we'll be right back with more about abstinence until marriage. One body, stewarding God's creation. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. One body. One body. 
sustenance until marriage. With Kristen Brake and Nick Eilert. One body, God's creation. George Toman conducts the interview. Here's a question for you. So some people, some couples think, well, we're getting married, so we can go ahead and, and, and be intimate with each other. We can go ahead and just do all the stuff that married couples do because, I mean, we're going to get married in a little bit, you know. So why is abstinence and chastity important even when the couple is engaged? Well, yeah. simply put, it's because God loves love. God loves babies, God loves families, God loves when families stay together, God loves when pe- uh, when people commit to each other and, and sacrifice themselves for each other. And he made a sacrament around this whole idea of intimacy and around this whole idea of creation. If, if anybody says, you know, God doesn't like intimacy or God doesn't, you know, that's not true because he, there's a sacrament for that. He, he loves love. So I'm going to quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and then I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit. So 1646 and 1647, it's a little long, bear with me. By its very nature, conjugal love requires the inviolable fidelity of the spouses. This is the consequence of the gift of themselves, which they make to each other. Love seeks to be definitive. It cannot be an arrangement until further notice. The intimate union of marriage as a mutual giving of two persons and the good of the children demand total fidelity from the spouses and require an unbreakable union between them. The deepest reason is found in the fidelity of God to his covenant in that of Christ to his church. Through the sacrament of matrimony, the spouses are enabled to represent this fidelity and witness to it. Through the sacrament, the indissolubility of marriage receives a new and deeper meaning. So to kind of explain that, I I have a little bit of an analogy from the grocery store. (laughs) Um, So we we, we set our our seasonal aisle, we set our our holiday uh, promotional aisle, and corporate always comes up with a plan for that. And they communicate the plan and we execute the plan. And what happens when we don't execute the plan and we don't listen to the plan, we don't do what corporate asks us to do, we just start, you know, pulling things from from our from our pallets and putting them on the shelves and it becomes a hodgepodge of, you know, candy and decorations and home goods and baking items and they're all over the place and it looks like a garage sale. It's not orderly, it's chaotic. You don't know where to find anything. We don't get we don't get sales. If we if we take corporate's plan that they communicate to us and we listen to it and we execute on it, then there's order. Everything's organized by commodity. Everything's, you know, there's kitchen items here, home decor is right here, candy is right here. People can easily find what they're looking for and it it basically it executes its purpose as getting us sales and also being you know more uh, delightful for the customer to experience because because it, it is in its right order so god has a plan for marriage and he communicates this plan he uses the sacrament of matrimony to communicate that plan 
And when we don't listen or don't follow his plan, that's where we get these global issues of, you know, teen pregnancy, abortion, divorce, you know, fatherless families, the breakdown of the family. And then, then, you know, society itself begins to break down because we don't have solid families that are faithful and committal to each other. And, and, and it, it creates chaos. It creates confusion. And the act itself, the, the intimate act, the marital act itself is, not mate or is not being used for its right order and it and it leads to all those problems but god's plan for marriage which he communicates through the sacrament of matrimony allows for spousal commitment being committed to me being committed to kristen when we're married it's being together and being a solid unit and and that being consistent and that just the way it is. And then the children have a consistent home life. They've got a father, they've got a mother, and God's plan is also intimacy and bonding between the two of us. And when spouses execute on that commitment, then the family stays together, the family stays strong even through hard times. And so because of that plan that God has for marriage, it's important to listen to that plan, just like we have to listen to what corporate says. We can grumble about corporate all we want, but and, and you can grumble about God all you want, but the, the truth is there that his plan for marriage is the best plan for marriage, and it's the best plan for society. It's the best plan for love. Uh, so even even while we're engaged, and, and this even came up in the engaged encounter we went on, there was a question and answer time, and, and somebody posed the question, well, you know, we're, we're about to get married. Like, we have that committal with each other. Like, why can't we just go ahead and, and start, you know, having relationships with each other? And the reason for that is because while we're preparing for that commitment and we're preparing for that, that being together, in order to be faithful in our marriage, we need to practice that now. And so we've got to be faithful to our future spouse by not coming together in the marital act before we're spouses. It goes it goes um, into basically like we use words to communicate with each other, right? And but the the thing is is like our bodies also can communicate with each other. Absolutely. And so when we if we engage in the marital act outside of marriage, outside of the proper order, we are communicating something with our bodies, not necessarily with our words, but with our bodies mm-hmm. that is not true yet. And so it is so important to remain chaste because the sacrament of matrimony is what binds people together and makes them one. They are not one until after the sacrament. And because of that, when we communicate something that is not true with our bodies, we're lying to ourselves and we're mm-hmm. also lying to the other person even though that's not our intention. And it can also lead to, like, by, by being intimate before marriage, like, it can lead to using the other person. You use the other person yep. to get something out of it. You, you're, not, you're not giving of yourself. Like, the sacrament, you're supposed to be a gift, a gift of yourself to the other person. And, like, if you are having relations before marriage, you are not giving of yourself you are getting something from the other person you are using the other person and that is the opposite of love just as 
as in the Gospel of John, John fifteen thirteen, it says that there's greater love that has no man than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. It is it's so, so important to be able to give of yourself completely. And when you communicate with your body that I'm going to be intimate with you now before marriage, you are not giving of yourself completely as God intended it to be. Have you had to set boundaries? And if so, what would that kind of look like? And what would you tell couples who have broken boundaries how they can get back on track? What what are your thoughts there? Well, I will say this, that just in general, as as a couple, I mean, you you will be tempted and it will be hard. Like no one said that living chastely is easy. It, it's, it will be worth yep. it to, lo- to choose to love your future spouse more fully than by using them. But, so, have we had to set boundaries? Yes. And that was actually one of the first things that, even when we like just barely started like dating and becoming boyfriend and girlfriend, like we actually had like a talk where it was like, okay, so what are some, some boundaries that we need to set? And so, we both, we both actually live alone right now. And so, it's, it is so easy to fall into sin because no one is there to keep us accountable. I mean, it's, it's hard. And just in general, there are going to be times when the temptation to sin is going to be greater than other times. And that's just just the way it is. So be creative, like, in, in, in your relationship. Like, be creative on ways to, like, do things together and spend time together. That doesn't lead to more. So, like, one thing that we like to do is we we like to work on puzzles so we'll sit down and work on a puzzle so like some other things like just just go for a walk get outside go visit friends and family so just to get outside of yourself to to not just be alone it honestly is a is a good thing during those times so one of the the first one of the first boundaries that we ever set was which is it was very what i would consider obvious but it was very, very good that it was said and communicated explicitly, like in words. And so one the first one of the first boundaries was that we were not allowed into each other's bedrooms at all. Like we can go into each other's apartments, but we cannot go into each other's bedrooms at all. And like I said, simple. Seems log or seems obvious, but by saying it out loud, it the words have more meaning now. And it is important to reevaluate boundaries as they're necessary. Uh, you know, some of the boundaries that we set in the beginning, you know, we, we realized, okay, maybe we need to tighten our boundaries a little bit more, you know, things like that. So, so we're weak. We can fall, we can fail, but we can also learn and grow and we can get back up after we've fallen. So, you know, in that we can learn like, okay, this, this worked, this didn't work. And uh, and w- when we've slipped, we make it a point to go to confession. We you know we we understand why we failed. We understand, you know, what went wrong, and we talk about it. We evaluate what we need to do about it so that we don't you know we don't slip in the same way again. That, that we do better the next time, and then we recommit to that fidelity and and recommit to those boundaries, and then we strive. And so I think it's important to know yourself both as an individual but then also know yourself as a couple know, you know know each other as a couple what what works what doesn't i think one of the newest boundaries that we've that we've set uh, for our engagement that I, I think that we've found quite a bit of success in when we when we commit to it is is that we 
abstain from kissing till marriage and that that we that we that we don't kiss till we're married and it's honestly it's great because we we don't we're not worried about like oh if if she doesn't kiss me that means she doesn't love me um and and you know vice versa because we we know we have that security we're engaged we we get we get it we love each other we're attracted to each other and so so that's something that we're that we're wanting to be able to enjoy later for the sake of you know not falling into temptation and so it's a small sacrifice with a very important why behind it you know why why are we doing this because if we're doing it for no reason like there's no no point in sure. doing that but the the reason that we're doing that is because we know ourselves and we know that we know that we can slip um, and so it's it's important to sacrifice in that way. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of prayer, how important is praying together? And do you have any advice for engaged couples on how to start praying together? I mentioned a little bit earlier, but I want you to get more specific about it now. Yes. Um, it is it is very, very, very important to pray together. But I want to challenge everyone that it's even important to start praying now. Whether you are in a relationship or not, whether you are dating anyone or not, start praying for your future spouse today. Pray for him or her every single day because they, they're going to need it. You're going to need it. And so just something kind of cool that I didn't, I hadn't even told anyone. And I just told Nick this even just a couple weeks ago. It was going to be kind of my little secret for a little bit. But about, it was going on like four years ago. Four years ago, I had no idea who I was going to marry. I had no idea, actually, at that point, if I was called to marriage because religious life was still a very good possibility. Mm-hmm. But four years ago, I intentionally started explicitly saying for my future spouse, I would pray for my future spouse every day. I would intentionally say for my future spouse when I would pray my daily rosary. I did that every day. I mean, I still do it, but it's been an ongoing prayer for four years. It is so important to pray for each other. And like I said, I I challenge everyone to start praying today because as much as it's important to pray together, it is. Start today. Why, Why are you not praying for your spouse today? They need it. They need the prayers because it's hard. It's a hard life. We all need prayers. Start today. But yeah, no, I would just say it is very, very important. And so, and it can be, when you start praying together as a couple, like, it, it sometimes can be hard. It can be awkward. But just keep doing it and keep persevering. It will get better. Um, to quote St. Padre Pio, he said, prayer is the oxygen of the soul. And I've always maintained that when I'm praying, I, you know, life is good. And, you know, it's not like I'm struggle-free, but I, you know, I just get through my days a lot easier. And when I'm not praying, everything is chaos. It is, it's hard to get through. And so, so yeah, so it's just, it, it affects, it affects how I approach life when I'm praying and, and it's a big difference. So yeah, pray. Mm-hmm. And it should be a foundation of, of everything that we do and of every day. And so I, when we can, you know, we try to go to daily mass and that is, essential like the the graces from the sacraments that we can receive right now are very very necessary to get through each day as well and so yeah i would just say that start now take how did nick propose well um (laughs) (laughs) it was it was really really cool um he had planned to go to so one of the one of our favorite churches to go visit is catherine which is just like northeast of hayes a little bit prior to prior to meeting nick i had 
tried to get into that church, never been able to. So he found a key. Long story short, we found, found a key. Found gotcha. a key. Okay. Found the lady who had the key. <laughs> and so, um, anyways, and so that's kind of like, kind of where everything started almost. And so when he he had set it up to where, it was so cool. He had set it up to have Father Brian um, expose the Eucharist on the altar in in Catherine Church one night. And so we go there and um, we. He basically, we walk into the church and I thought it was weird, but no one was there. I'm like, okay, why is no one in here? Because the Eucharist was already exposed at that point. I'm like, okay, weird. So he proposes, at the, well, we walk up to the front and he proposes like, you know, in, in front of Jesus in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, now, now we're still going to earn first... The, it, or the first reason why we went there was to pray rosary. And so he's like, okay, now we're still going to pray rosary. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we, we kneel down to pray rosary. And then all of a sudden I hear noises and my family walks in and his family walks in and a whole bunch of friends walk in and they finish praying the rosary with us. Um, and it was just really, really cool. And then, um, and then he had planned for the blessing for engaged couples to happen that day or that night as well and then after that then we went back to his place and and had an engagement party like he planned all of this it was honestly perfect and yeah I couldn't really have I honestly didn't say anything as far as like what I what I wanted quote-unquote I had no idea what I wanted I could not have imagined anything better well again you two Again, just so very proud of you, and thank you for being vulnerable to share your story on the air. I got one minute. Any shout-outs or anything you want to give to the listening audience or anything like, or anything we didn't say that you want to quickly get said? Yeah, um, I just I want to give a shout-out because so I, I wasn't listening to Catholic Radio until pretty recently, and uh, Kristen turned the station in my car because I'd been listening to my own music for a while. She turned the station to uh, 105.7 in my car. And I've really, really enjoyed it on my way to work. I, I was just kind of too lazy to change it back on my way to work one day. And the Sunrise Morning Show was playing because it was like 6.30, 7 a.m. And, uh, and I really liked it because I liked, I liked getting the news without getting, you know, filled with lies. I liked getting, you know, the Catholic perspective on a lot of different things. It really, it just kind of got my mind, you know, like settled and focused around God in the morning instead of just going to work basically so it really i don't know it sets the tone for me so i don't know i my opinion of of catholic radio that's my that's my shout out it rocks catholic radio is 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 great yeah all right well hey thank you so much you two and god bless and again thank you for sharing your story really appreciate it thanks for tuning in to this week's one body stewarding god's creation show if you would like to help keep great shows like this on the air Please consider being an underwriter. As an underwriter of the One Body Show, your business or service will be mentioned three times during the show, which runs five times a week. Interested? Call the studio, 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 105.7 KMDG Hayes, 101.7 KJDM Lindsberg Salina, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 88.1 KBDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. <laughs>